Cross the Streams podcast. Kip's here. Um, Dishing on the drive. I think it'll go a little longer than my usual dishing on the drives, but I'm calling it hashtag Twitter loans because I got two topics today uh, that kind of intersect with each other across those two topic headers. You know, let's start with the Twitter part of it. My number one social media engagement space is Twitter. I have an Instagram for this podcast. I still have a Facebook for me, and I do use TikTok for business. Uh, but Kip shows up the most on Twitter, at Kip Ione. You know, I, for recruiting Coach Kip and Bearcat Hoop and all the things I do for my basketball team, I, I have those, those accounts across all the other ones. But Twitter is where I'm at. It's my news feed. You know, it's where I digest what's happening in the world across all the things I care about, whether it's politics, the economy, sports, everything. That's where I go. Um, it's my fandom avenue, you know, for movies, for comics, for athletes, for actors, for music. I go to Twitter. Uh, it's my culture commentary medium. If I want to know what people are thinking about, if I want to express what I'm thinking about thinking things happening in the culture, I go to Twitter. It, you know, in a lot of ways, it's probably an unhealthy validation tool. You know, Twitter will show you likes, retweets, and quotes of what you said. Um, and also for people you're following, you can add validation or support through those tools. Um, it's also a place to find community. You know, there isn't a place more accessible, digestible, where people post about social justice, anti-oppression work, and point you towards more of those. I mean, that's one of the reasons I have a Teams of Men Twitter space, um, Twitter account, because I can connect with people doing the same work, and I can find out better and more information, educate myself through things that are posted. Uh, it's my main commerce avenue. You know, we've tripled in followers in the last year for Teams of Men on Twitter specifically. You know, it's uh, it it all it all leads me to be on Twitter a lot, right? And when you get those m messages on your phone that says your usage, Twitter is usually taking up a lot of my time. So I know there's probably a balance I can find better, but I'm also very unwilling to not be on Twitter. I think there's a lot of good things on there. I'm also aware of some of the bad, but this isn't a rant, right? About why you should be on Twitter. I'm not paid for. Or but not a paid sponsor of Twitter. Uh, but it is background, right, for why the Elon Musk takeover of Twitter that's been in the news for the last 10 days or so was on my mind. Um, you know, I'm not entirely fluent in all things Elon Musk. You know, I saw him on Saturday Night Live. I've seen him on magazine or internet story covers. I know he's rich, probably the richest man in the world, I think, from the last monthly undertaking, him and Bezos and Bill Gates constantly swapping spots there. I know he has an aptitude or a genius for technology. I know he's a major user of the Twitter platform, so much so that he just bought the damn thing. Um, there was a great Today Explained. If you don't do that podcast, Today Explained. It's put out by Vox, I think. There's a Today Explained episode that broke down the history and the business side of the transaction that's pending and the billions involved. And I'll link that to this post. And that's probably a better background setter for why Elon Musk bought Twitter. But what struck me and what I want to talk about in Dishing on the Drive was his claim that he needed to buy Twitter. Um, to be some sort of guardian himself of free speech, that he wanted to own the space, Twitter, where he's made trollish juvenile posts about people, so much so that he's received a lot of backlash on there that distasteful tweets like some of the stuff he sends uh, deserve, in my opinion. Uh, but really, this free speech concept uh, that people that say hateful shit, uh, it's a concept 
uh, and something I've been ruminating on for a while, as it intersects with things I'm passionate about and fighting in this country, you know, namely oppression in all forms, racism, misogyny, masquerading as manhood, um, all those things that I'm fighting against, free speech gets brought up a lot by proponents of those awful things. Ignorant, racist, sexist folks love to throw free speech out as if it's their God-given right to be free of consequence of saying hateful things. They cling to it as if it will protect them from the inevitable stampede, trampling they'd get if they yelled fire in a crowded space. Much like the paper thin veil they use when saying, that isn't my intent, after harming someone with their foul verbal vomit, they want free speech to come without any need to witness impact of the landing of their words. Musk appears to believe if he can own the room, he's free to shit all over it as he pleases. I think we got to rail against this thought process. I, th- I think we, I recognize, right, that we don't have the billions to fight the takeover. Uh, we can implore those around us to think before they tweet, think before you talk, think before you write. Uh, it's a sort of intellectual laziness to be able to shoot from the hip and expect no one to bat an eye. Before you jump into a swimming pool, you take swim lessons to ensure you survive. Why should the waters of communication require less of us? You're entitled to your uneducated opinion for sure, but you're not entitled to my silence after dispensing it. If the effects of your trash stopped in the imaginary bubble around you, we'd all allow you to regurgitate hate back onto yourself without, without any care. We'd just move on about our day as you puked all over yourself. Until that technology is invented, however, you're going to spew stuff that affects my orbit. And I'm going to continue to demand consequence for you saying silly, stupid stuff or tweeting it. Unfortunately, I worry about what will happen to the Twitter verse if this sort of free think speech is the owner's belief. Now, on the same lines, the loans part of hashtag Twitter loans. Um, and the interaction those two have, I wanted to wade in as well today. Conservative reporter Casey Dillon spouted off on Twitter today that, quote, I just worked my butt off to pay my very expensive student loans a few months ago. If Joe Biden forgives students' loans, I'm going to be livid. (laughs) That was a tweet today. I was not, and hopefully will not be the last, to be immediately enraged and pissed off by her post. Uh, and many other voices went in on her and went after her. Uh, and that's this all-too-common trope among folks before I got to. But I did. I quote-tweeted and went back at her. Um, but let me reiterate my stance and why I disagree vehemently with that belief. The idea that because you did something the hard way and someone else later gets to perform it more easily is somehow an affront to you is a juvenile thought process. It's an argument my middle schooler uses when she says, it's not fair about something her older sibling got or her younger sibling got that she didn't. It's not an injustice. It's called progress. As a parent, I think we're all striving to make our kids' lives better than our own. I doubt any of us are going out of our way to make sure they experience the same hardships we did. Hey, son, when I was growing up, we didn't have internet. So I'm going to go ahead and withhold tech from you for the first 15 years of your life. None of us are doing that. That's stupid. Hey, when I was a young man, I made some stupid choices in relationship. So I'm not going to share what those choices were. 
I don't want to, you know, hopefully prevent you from making the same things I, same mistakes I did. Instead, I'm going to sit back and make sure you fuck up your next relationship so you can experience the same hurt I did. No, no one's doing this. So why would we do, why would we apply this to loan forgiveness? Some would argue, well, Kip, you're talking about examples about helping your kids. Student loan forgiveness never helps strangers. I mean, this harkens to a fundamentally flawed belief that everyone else is lazy and deceitful. That I'm the only one that's worked hard and earnestly towards paying off my debt. Everyone else is full of shit. Everyone else is cheating the system and doesn't deserve relief. Do you mean, are you really saying that if 12 years ago you'd have been told by the government they're going to pay off your loans, you would have stopped them and said, no, sir, I'll work it off the hard way like a real man does? Of course you wouldn't have. You would have viewed it as a well-deserved gift rewarding your labor to that point. And the idea that you have any real accurate view of the worthiness of someone else in the world for forgiveness is nearsighted at best and reeking of racist, stereotypical assumptions at worst. You don't know the value of someone receiving student debt forgiveness. Next, does anyone think current prices, that are the current college prices, tuition, that are the causes of folks needing these loans in the first place? or an accurate reflection of the value of going to college. Now listen, I'm saying this as someone who spent the majority of their life in higher education. I've been a staunch proponent, an active recruiter to higher ed. As a matter of fact, my livelihood relies entirely on my ability to convince folks of the value of college. And I'm here to tell you the price is ridiculous. The price is exorbitant. So if the price from the get-go, the cause of the debt we're all talking about is over the top. Why are we all losing our minds over a correction to a previous shafting of millions of people? Folks, let me wrap up with this. If you climbed up a mountain with a friend and you were the first to the top, you look back and saw your friend struggling to finish the climb, would you not put your hand out to help them up? You're telling me you would watch them flailing away and say, sorry, Bob, I got up here without someone giving me a hand, so you should too. Your answer to that question, that analogy, is a mirror into your soul and should give you every indication of where you should be on this student loan forgiveness argument. Cross the streams. Content reminder. The opinions expressed on today's episode are those of the host and guests alone and should not be viewed as reflective of the opinions of the institutions or employers of the host and guests.